0: principalities or powers all things were created by Jesus and for him so it's saying here that Christ created in the invisible realm as well as the visible thrones dominions or kingdoms principalities rulers Ephesians 6 refers to this we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities and rulers of the darkness of this age of this world but before Lucifer fell I think there's the possibility here that God just didn't look around and see a plant a planet that was beautiful and lovely and made to be inhabited and just toss him out and say go there I have a sense and I may be wrong here that Satan I mean Lucifer before he became Satan was not only the guardian cherub, but at some point was one of the powers ruling over this planet before his fall. So that when he sinned against God, God sent him to the place that he already was in authority over and in power over, a throne. Because you look back over here at what we've just read, and let's look at it again. Verse 12, you're cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations. Now, when Lucifer fell, it's before the earth as we know it. Why do I say that? Because when we look at the Garden of Eden and his creation of Adam and Eve, What did he place in the Garden of Eden? He placed two strange trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That tree of knowledge of good and evil reflected the choice that Adam and Eve had between God and Satan. Satan was already in his satanic state, not his Lucifer state. He was already fallen and cast out. He was already here so this scene here in Isaiah where he was cast down to the ground and he weakened the nations doesn't have to do with, I don't believe, and, and you, this is where you, you know, the, some of the gray zone. It seems to me in the context of it, he's not referencing the nations as we know them, the nations that his antics weaken even to this day. It appears to me that he is referencing nations that were likely in existence, the cities referenced in Jeremiah 4, that were in existence before the flood. I mean, and before Eden, before verse 3 of chapter 1. So it said he weakened the nations. I'm going to just go on with this assumption. It is assumption. I'm sure not going to put doctrine and dogma on this. You can't do that. Because that is me trying then to fit God into my box, okay? But it just, there's just some tantalizing morsels here that I want us to pursue. For he has said in his heart, verse 13, I will what? What word is used there in your scripture? Ascend. I will, he is here on earth. He is... I will exalt my throne. He has a throne. He is a ruler. King of Tyrus Whatever Tyrus means I will ascend to heaven from where he is cast down to the ground earth and I I just think that that was his domain when he was righteous and when he was perfect in all his ways and it became his domain when he was fallen as Satan, as lightning from heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend, here again, above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now on down here, the, the, the next verse seems to be prophecy. Okay, It seems not to be hearkening backwards, but forward. Because it says here in verse 14, Yet you shall be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. And they that see you shall narrowly look upon you and consider you, saying, Is this the man that, now keep in mind, was made, became ruins, empty, desolate, vacant? Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, as a desert, and destroyed the cities thereof. I think there's a possibility that this is referencing not the cities of this planetary experience, but the cities pre-verse 2. So, wow, what are we looking at here? There are some who believe, go back to uh, Genesis 1, that there are two great destructive floods of this planet, not one. And that what we are seeing, if we understand the Hebrew here, that The world was not only void and without form, but the earth was in ruin. And darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. What are those waters? What are those waters? Go to Psalm 104. And this is where this may reference the Noah flood, but there is an indication that it doesn't. In verse 5 of Psalm 104, who, who is talking about God who has laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever, that covers the earth with the deep. Remember back over in verse three, uh, 2, the Holy Spirit moves over the face of the deep. Here it uses the same word. He covers, it, he covers earth with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, verse 7, the waters fled. At the voice of your thunder, they hastened away. Now, that, some scholars say, verse 7, is a key to understanding that this is not the Noah flood, but it is the flood of Genesis 1, 2. What would be a clue there? At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of your, thy thunder the waters hastened away. How did the waters go away at the time of Noah? Pardon me? Receded over many, many weeks. Took many weeks for the water to recede and to go away. Uh, Genesis 8, I think, is where it says that. We want to turn there. Okay. Yes. Verse 3 of Genesis 8. The waters returned from off the earth continually, and after the end of 150 days, the waters were abated. The water of Noah did not go away at the word of God, at the rebuke of God. They did not hasten. They gradually diminished. So many scholars think, not many, some scholars think that over here what we have just looked at in Psalm is really referencing a cataclysmic flood that destroyed the, satan- the earth that Satan had been cast into as Satan that he had defiled the nations he had corrupted the nations and God sent a flood that covered the mountains covered all the mountains of the world, all of them. And so here you have, remember in Psalm it said, at thy rebuke the waters receded, the waters hastened away. Let's go on down here. Um, Verse 6. And God said, used a word, used his voice, used his words, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from uh, the waters. And this firmament he called heaven. Now go on down to verse 9, and God said, here's the rebuking. Here's the using God's word to do something with these waters. What did he do with the waters? First, he divided the waters that we just read from above the heaven and below the heaven. At his word, the waters lifted here again, the Lord said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Immediately it happened. So some scholars believe that in Psalm 104, he is referencing not Noah's flood, but this flood that destroyed the world before Genesis one, one and two, but before Genesis one, two. Let's turn to Second uh, Peter. Three. I can just find 2 Peter. I know it's in my Bible somewhere. Uh, 2 Peter 3. Now, this this is a little iffy. Um, You know, some scholars think that this is referencing for sure uh, this first great flood uh, alluded to when the world was covered in water. Um, And and some think otherwise, and I'm not decided on it. But I I want to read it to you. In verse 5, uh, for this uh, of Second Peter three, for this they willingly are ignorant of that uh, of by that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, some scholars think he's talking about Genesis one two. The world that then was, where the mountains are standing above the water, and out of the water, whereby the world that then was was overflowed with water and perished. That might be referencing Noah, but it may not. It may be referencing Genesis 1. Let's go back uh, to the Jeremiah scripture and, and take that apart a little bit, Jeremiah 4. Uh, And I want to hit verse 20, I will lead in with uh, verse 26, but 27 and 28 is where I want to land. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. And this was an anger that was directed toward Lucifer. For thus has the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate. a wasteland, yet I will not make a full end of it. For this shall, and here again, it seems to reference back to what we're looking at in Genesis 1, For this shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken it, I have purposed it, and will not repent, neither will I turn back from it. So he's saying here I'm going to destroy this world that was void and that became void and without form. And the earth will mourn in darkness. Remember in Genesis 1, the earth it's it's dark, there is no light. He had to speak light into existence before he spoke the sun into existence. In Genesis 1 and the heavens above will be black because I have spoken it, I have purposed it. I will not repent from it, but I will not make a full end of it. Put that over here in Genesis 1 between verse 1 and verse 2. I will not make a full end of it. It is in ruins. It is in ruins, but I will remake it. I will replenish. Remember he says, be fruitful and replenish the earth. I will replenish it. So he takes what is formless and void. And he begins to fashion an amazing place he begins to remake something that he did not fully come to an end, but that utterly destroyed everything. There was no plant life, there were no more humans, there were no more birds, there was only water covering the whole of of the planet. And from that, he used the waters to separate. He put the firmament of heaven between the waters. There's waters way out there beyond our solar system. Uh, that create between our, the end of our solar system, and Lou, I'm sure you know this, the edge of our solar system all the way halfway out to the nearest star, there are billions of dirty ice balls. Billions. From which we get our comments. And scientists have no clue as to where all that water came from. Genesis 1 tells us he put water above the heaven as we, as we know it above the solar system and below it and then he brought dry land out of the flood waters and divided them into the seas and the continents so my thought here is that this earth may really be ancient, may really be ancient. It's just a different earth than we had assumed. He didn't annihilate it. He said he didn't bring a full end to it. But from the void and the formless, he created what we have. The lesson for you and me there is, in any void and formless place you and I have in our lives, if he can create this from what is in ruins, What is void, and formless, and vacant, and waste land. He can recreate anything in you. Make it beautiful. Now, I've got a few more minutes here. I want to just throw out a couple other things that make me think that this earth may be more than 11,000 years old. Can anyone tell me how long Adam and Eve were in the Garden before they sinned? So what would time be like in the Garden of Eden before sin hit? How would we understand time? It would be timeless it's it's part of the mansion of eternity. It, it, there's no time. Because there's no sin. And so this earth could have been here for as long as Adam and Eve didn't sin. There would be if we could measure that in time, it could be a million years. I mean it might not be, but it could be. And then there's another little nugget or two that I, I have no way to have an answer for, but I'm, we're going to look at it anyway. Um, in uh, Genesis 4, after Adam and Eve have been uh, removed from the Garden uh, of Eden, in uh, Genesis 4, verse uh, 12, This is after Cain has um, slain Abel, his brother, and God asked him where, in verse 9, where is Abel your brother, and he says, am I my brother's keeper? God says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. You are now cursed from the earth, which has opened her mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall not henceforth yield. Unto you her strength, a fugitive and a vagabond, shall you be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from your face shall I be hid. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me. Who is everyone? You have Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. Who's everyone? Go on down to um, verse, uh, well, let's go on uh, 15 through 16. And the Lord said unto him, 'Therefore Therefore whosoever slays Cain, who is whosoever? Vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. I don't understand this. What are we looking at here? And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod. That word means country. So how do we get countries? East of Eden, and Cain knew his wife. Where did she come from? Wife? What wife? Look back over here in, in uh, Genesis 2, where he, uh, the Lord uh, plants uh, a garden, or places a garden. Verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. What is Eden. In the eastern part of Eden. And there he put a man whom he formed. Maybe the Lord created that because Eden is also heavenly. But out of the ground, uh, well, it talks about the uh, trees. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. So the garden and Eden are not necessarily the same thing. The garden was in the land of Eden. And from there it parted into four heads. And the name of the first is Pison and encompasses the whole country of Havilah, where there's gold. How do they know there's gold there? It's outside of Eden. Uh, And the name of the second river, verse 13, is Gihon, and encompasses the whole country of Ethiopia. And you think, well, maybe he's just talking about how, where it's going to be. But no, because Cain went into the land of Nod and took a wife. There's something in existence here. And the name of the third river, and it goes toward Assyria. And the name of the fourth river is Euphrates. It didn't say it goes toward Iraq and Babylon, but it does. Oh, my goodness gracious what have we happened into here? Where where does Cain's wife come from? Nod, but I mean, okay. (laughs) Some people, most people say, well, um, maybe Adam and Eve had more children. so in order for them to have enough children to go outside of Eden which you know if you're in perfection you're in Eden uh, then they had to be in Eden an awfully long time to populate Nod and Ethiopia and create not just land form, you know, just have people settle out there, but create an organized country. So we're looking at a very, very long time. If that's the answer, I don't know that that is the answer, but if that is the answer, we're looking at a really long time. So I just think we're in this anthole looking up and trying to figure God out and say, okay, it's got to be this, this, and this, because if it's this, it can't be that. And if it's that, it can't be this. And I think God is saying, oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's take a break. And uh, we'll have all of your discussion time and questions. And I won't talk near as much as you all will, hopefully.